0: Welcome to Ready Row USA. Uh, I'm Tara Morgan. I'm here with Mark Wilson from All-American Rowing Camp. Welcome to the Ready Row USA podcast this morning. We are continuing our regular broadcast featuring the best of rowing news, gadgets, and gear from clubs, companies, and rowers across the country. Today, Mark and I are going to talk about lifelong rowing, rowing and aging, and everything that comes with it. But first, Ready Row USA is part of the International Rowing Chat Network. You can subscribe to receive notifications of upcoming shows, send in your news tips, and join our community on this website and our YouTube channel. Introducing our regular panelists, the producer of Ready Row USA, Charlotte Pierce. Co-producer is myself, and our regular correspondent is Mark Wilson. Our executive producer is Rebecca Caro of Rowing.chat. And today we've included a video clip of Masters Women's Coach Reba Knickerbocker of Bend the Blade talking about our topic of rowing and aging. So we want to thank our sponsors this morning. We want to thank Just Strong for their products. You can get a discount at JustStrong.com using our hashtag. Next sponsor is... Mind Games by Annie Vernon. It's a signed copy you can get if you order it direct from bloomsbury.com. And finally, Mark, do you want to take this one?
1: Sure. Rose and Thorn Active Bras. Um, You get a 10% discount by uh, going to roseandthorn.com. And every female athlete, and probably a few male athletes, need need the best in sports bra attire. So we are thankful for We are thankful for all of our sponsors (laughs) and uh, we appreciate the support. Thank you.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Uh, We've done our introductions and right now we're going to go to a clip from Reba Knickerbocker uh, from Ben The Blade. We hope. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She does a Masters Women's Rowing Symposium on the East Coast. She and I were gonna uh, collaborate a little bit. Okay, here she is. is. I think there tends to be a shift in the kind of community that you're connected to, especially if you've retired and you're no longer going to a job every single day and connected to that community. Uh, it's important to remain connected to another community. Um, so the third piece is uh, coaching. I, I I can't emphasize enough <laughs> how important it is for coaches to be aware that there is an aging process. <laughs> I think I mean, you know, I don't I'm not going to, you know, diss on the coaches out there, but certainly there are coaches who are maybe in their 20s or 30s or mm-hmm. even 40s who aren't necessarily so aware of the fact that the rowers around them are aging. Um, Okay, that's a great place to start. Mark, I have coached a lot of seniors. And by senior, I'm gonna quantify my my meaning of the word senior to uh, 55 and older. Um, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, let's talk about you and I, let's share our experience as a coach of older rowers. And uh, you, Go ahead. Yeah. Talk
1: about your Well, concerns. I appreciate that uh Tara saying that seniors are maybe 55 and over since I'm under 55 but just barely. So, I'm yes. still a very yeah. <laughs> Just a little um, but I'm I'm a very active rower and I think about my own rowing when I'm coaching. And I think that the what Reba was just alluding to is really important in the fact that as a as I continue to be a rower I think about the time that I have available. I think about the duration of the exercise that is probably a little less in duration to get the quality of exercise and the quality of rowing that I want to get um, with, it, but still, but still get a good workout. So I think the idea of making sure that you're being aware as a coach of the time commitment, the time availability, but also the endurance level of the athletes and quite frankly, we don't need to row for three hours, um, to get a really good workout. And usually the time, as the time goes on, the quality of rowing or quality of strokes might actually decrease. So I'm very aware of that. And I think that's one of the important things that masters coaches and those coaches that, that Reba was just talking about have to take into account is that time, um, and, and energy output.
0: So. Yeah. So my and I totally agree. My experience was with a really dynamic group of rowers called the Midday Rowers uh, at a boathouse here in Seattle, and they rowed at nine o'clock in the morning. So timing, right? Offering yep. programs at your club that are group and coached programs because I believe that as the rowers get older the safety factor and enjoyment factor goes down if they're just going out and they're single by themselves, you know, or maybe with one friend. Um, I see that a lot in the older rowers. And I feel like there used to be a shift to go from team rowing to a single. And I actually would argue that they need to come back to the group rowing. They could row singles, but in that group setting, I think is really fun, provides the social aspect Um, Provides accountability somewhere to be, a class to be at, and also be able to set goals with your coach. We would do things like uh, shorter pieces. And I would actually stay closer to shore because we were in a big lake, you know, and I wouldn't take them out into the middle of the lake because I, you know, I never knew at what point. You know, someone would have another heart attack or another stroke, or have an injury come up, or have something happen when I'm in the middle of some piece. And I think me as a coach, I found it really important to have a really open dialogue with my rowers and say it's okay. Like, tell me if you're not feeling well today. Tell me if you need to take it easy today. Tell me if you want to work really hard today. And you need to like work out some kinks. But as coaches, I think we need to really be approachable and be aware of what happens to the body and what's really good for those particular rowers, right? And how they're responding.
1: Yeah, abso- absolutely. Everything you said is is spot on. I, I think programming uh, that time frame where. Um, where people, it may be a little dead time or a downtime at the boathouse or within the program. I think having those programs, I did the same thing, actually, Tara, when I was in Oak Ridge, I created a program called moms in May, and it was an intro program or an intro to rowing program based in quads. Uh, we had two quads, we had eight people. It was twice a week for the month of May. So they got eight rowing sessions and it started at about, actually we started about nine thirty, and we went on until 1130 mm-hmm. and then they went to lunch. You know, and it was just it was fantastic. It was a great kind of opportunity to program those um, those times that your boathouse might be a little bit quieter. So taking those taking those things into account is really is a great thing. And that goes right along with, you know, the venue itself, you know, making sure that the venue is still safe, that you're not having, you know, Increase motorboat traffic or something like that as you're putting people out in the water, and and quite honestly, I think we all have seen it. You know, there's super, super uber competitive masters out, out there, there. Uh, but there are also and a lot of people who are might be as they get started a little timid or a little um, standoffish of those uber competitive folks. So having the opportunities to give people a non-competitive or at least not you know, race-ready kind of thing, thinking about Masters Nationals or some big regional or something like that, having those programs that are available just to smile, like these folks in our picture right here. That picture was actually taken in uh, central France and, uh, you know, great group of people going off and learning how to row and having a great time and enjoying the outside. So, um, you know, that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, and, you know, with this... um in the community here in Seattle, I I can talk about the other end of the spectrum for older rowers. And it's called the ancient Mariners rowing team. They're kind of famous, you know, they are is a men's rowing team geared towards older rowers. They're not a team you would join if you were a newbie, maybe it's not, it's pretty like plug and play. Like you go, if you were in in that group and these guys rode at, you know, I met one guy and he's like, You know, University of Washington class of 1952, and they rowed, you know, in the 50s. And um, these guys are really, really remarkable to watch. They, just like every other senior rower you might see, have a lot of challenges. And one of those challenges, um, not specific to the Mariners, but I think with senior rowers, is their bodies just don't really work in the rowing strokes so i think as coaches we need to be really creative like in the team that i coached i like to do pause drill to get people calibrated right mm-hmm. get them moving back and forth i had a whole eight of people who had no bodies over their hips just don't work i had someone with spinal stenosis in the bow i had a shoulder rebuild in four seat you know you name it it was like there's no bodies over so instead of me Pushing that point, I'm like, let's just do hands away. Let's just do a different pause position. Like, sure. you have to just look at your crew and go, how can I make that boat work really well today? Um, and then the last, the other thing I wanted to riff off of what you said was people starting rowing at a later age. And, I think, yeah, I, I think. Had, go ahead. I, I had learned a row student who was 82 years old, and you know, you just have to be mindful. I mean, you have to be like, you know, when was the last time you went from standing, put yourself on the ground on purpose, rolled into an unstable object, did some exercise and then rolled out and then helped got yourself up without any assistance. I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, got to make sure she's there safe, you know?
1: Yeah. I I, I think that, I think there's so much for masters rowing. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of discussion about elite rowing and everybody likes to watch the world cup and the world championships and things like that. But I think that as we all get older and everybody gets older, you either get older or you die. So you'd rather just get older. And um, if you can keep doing the things that you love or try new things like rowing, that's, Mm -hmm. that's going to keep you young. You know, and I think that's what people realize more and more. So as we're talking to our audience out there, you know, a lot of you are masters rowers. And I think that that is obviously fantastic. But I think the other part is to make sure that you keep recruiting new, older people. Right. So your peers, your friends, your, you know, potentially your parents, friends and so on or uh, older friends um, and let them know that there's never you can you can't be too old to start. And I think that that's what keeps the mind fresh that keeps the body active. And that's what everybody wants is, you know, they want to live healthfully and they want to live um, in a positive group of people. And that's obviously what rowers bring world, world around, you know, world over is, is that positive fun outlook of uh, being outside and doing something new. I've had lots of people I've coached lots of people that have rowing simply as a bucket list item.
0: Oh totally they
1: might be they might be 60 they might be 80 and they do it once or twice and they say okay that was great i did it and that's all they wanted but you give those folks any and knowing in advance that that's what they're wanting and that's what they're yearning for is then those couple of lessons you're not going to get you know you're not going to go to 30 strokes a minute or anything like that and there's no point you to, to you know you don't need to
0: right. you know
1: so I, knowing, knowing what people want is really important
0: well i would tell people you know and A, you showed up. That's like 100% more than the person sitting on their butt watching Je- Jeopardy's doing, right? And two, uh, you're challenging yourself. You're challenging your mind. Maybe you were the CEO of your company. I get to be the CEO today. You get to be, Mark gets to be the CEO. Just let it go. Let us be in charge. Let us uh, teach you how to do this. And, and bucket list is a big thing. I mean, how many people have we met who are of all ages who said I read the boys in the boat book and I want to try it. I want to put my hand on an oar. I want to try what they felt like. I want to feel what they felt. I mean, so many people read that book and are from that generation even, or from the next generation after that class of 1936. And I got really curious about it. We had, and and I'm thinking one way that we got people introduced to the sport uh, was we did one of those, um, Uh, Intro to Rowing Days, but we invited uh, the Women's University Club Book Club, and these Mm -hmm. women were well into their 80s and 90s, and all they wanted was that experience. They had read The Boys in the Boat, and they just wanted to sit in the boat, and I wish I had given us the picture uh, that I took of this woman who was in her 90s and was like, no, 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 I don't want to get in the boat, I don't want to get in the boat, and it was just a dockside situation. Because dockside is a great way to just put someone in a boat, see if they can get down on the in the seat, put the oar in their hand, feel the water against the oar. Right. She refused to do it. And I was like, and she was also like 5'11 and had mm-hmm. never played sports. I mean, we see that all the time, these older yeah. women rowers especially. She got in the boat. She sat down. She took that stroke. I have a picture of her face, the joy of like, oh! <gasps> look what I did. You know, it was so great. And I think I see that with the people who I coach who are still curious, who are still in learning mind, who are moving their bodies and feeling the adrenaline and feeling the endorphins. Right. And they're feeling alive.
1: Right. I think one of the things, too, that people need to realize out there is um, making sure that there's, um, you know, venues and opportunities, but also just that personal encouragement. I think what you just said the one word that really struck me right there was invited um oftentimes boathouses put out open houses or learn to row days or explore rowing or whatever it happens to be but really that personal invitation is what's going to bring people down to the boathouse and if they you know that's that's key so i love that word inviting people to 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 do whatever you're trying to offer you know and and yeah. i think that's really great. Yeah. So.
0: yeah, and one thing i would suggest also for boathouses we we had to address this at our boathouse was you need to review your policies. You need to review your safety policies if you're seeing your population aging and this is directed at all the boathouse directors. If you're seeing your population aging, you need to say look at your safety protocols because if you've got older rowers going out on their own having high vis uh, requirements? Uh, do they need help carrying their boats down to the dock? Um, in terms of carrying boats, we went to a policy of ten people carrying eight, six people carry a quarter of four. Like no, no question. We would not take an eight out unless there were ten people in the boathouse because we had so many variables of bad shoulders and and bad wrists and I can't right. carry and and I like to carry oars or. Um, You know, you really have to look at your population and make necessary policies. And that also helps people feel heard. It helps people feel supported. And we're not just making assumptions like we started the conversation. We're not making assumptions that these are elite rowers who, oh, of course, you can carry your boat. Of course, you know how to dock the boat. Of course, you know how to call drills. Of course, you know how to, you know, we don't we we can't assume that I had a, a rower who hadn't coxed a master's rower who hadn't coxed in a long time who wouldn't admit to me that she was nervous about coxing didn't feel like she could say that because she had some pride right she crashed the boat like and i'm like you know like just let's have a conversation you know And as a coach i should have said you know how do you feel about co- coxing but you're coxing you're coaching 25 people you
1: know yeah so we've been talking a lot about the older, older generations, but obviously to become an older rower, you can be a younger rower mm-hmm. at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So I love some of the photos that, I, you know, if you're listening to this on the, on the radio, you're not going to see the photos, but there's, there's photos of young people rowing, And, you know, it's important that those kids get a positive experience as well, and then want to come back. So One of the photos that's on the screen right now is a, is a, is a coxed single. Um, This is in the South of France and it's basically a plastic boat with uh, two kids in it. No steering, obviously just a sculler and then a little molded seat for the, for the other rider. And what this group would do, they would go out and row for about an hour or they're on the water for about an hour. And one of the children would row for about 20, 25 minutes head out into the lake and then they would jump out both of them and swim around for a little bit and then they would switch seats so then the other one got to row back and the one that rode out got to be the rider and it was just so invigorating to see these young people rowing healthily rowing, happily, and you know, they're getting that very, very positive first impression. And whether or not you're nine years old, like the young lady in the picture is right now, or if you're 90, literally, uh, you know, it's all it's just about being safe and having fun and and going out and, and enjoying it. So hopefully there's a smile on their face and not too self-conscious. I think that's something too that you were alluding to is being sometimes people are you know, they're, they're afraid to take risks or they're afraid to ask questions. And so when I'm coaching people all the time, I ask, is there any questions here? Do you want to, you know, am I making myself clear? Because it it is really true that there's, there is different vocabulary around the country and around the world, you know, for basically the same thing. So you want to make sure that people have the opportunity and it's clear that questions are okay, you know? Yeah.
0: And I'm seeing a question on the screen right now. Uh, What are some considerations for not blowing out your body as a collegiate rower? Um, I was not a collegiate rower, I was a collegiate athlete, but not a collegiate rower. And I can say that um, uh, knowing a lot of moms of collegiate rowers uh, who are currently uh, rowing in some very competitive programs, uh, it takes a lot of, uh, of clarity and transparency to keep your body healthy, honestly. It's a lot about communication and it's a lot about managing expectations. Um, And I think knowing your body, having a good program that actually does have PT available or um, good doctors available and coaches who aren't uh, just ignoring obvious signs of discomfort. Um, You know, I think uh, I've met some former collegiate rowers who, had such negative experiences that they literally left sport altogether, like no sports because, and won't touch an erg, you know, won't go near a rowing machine, won't go near a boat, and slowly are making their way back to it um, because it is a, an amazing sport. So um, what do you think, Mark?
1: Well, I think I think there's a lot of things that collegiate rowers need to do. Um, and one of them is, you know, to to listen to their body, like you said. Everybody's hundred percent is going to be different on any given day. And when I was keep coaching collegiately, I would tell them that early on in the season, you know, your hundred percent today, you know, for for whatever workout is going to be different than your hundred percent potentially next week. And sometimes it's more positive, and sometimes it's less, be based upon sleep. uh, eating habits, whatever happened, you know, the amount of studying that you did, travel, uh, personal things going on at home, you know, there's so many things that go on in in collegiate athletes, heads and bodies that you do have to be aware of what's going on. So not being afraid to tell your coach, hey, I, you know, I'm not making an excuse, but this is this is going on right now. And I think that's really important. It's really hard, you know, very honestly, it's very difficult for athletes to be able to say that, um, that they're not up to hundred percent today, but it, it, the coaches can understand. It's like everybody's hundred percent is different. Um, I think that's important. I was very fortunate. I rode for a long time in college <laughs> um, more than more than most. And uh, certainly for more coaches than most. And I, I missed, I, I don't, I think I missed one day of my, um career of not being able to row. In fact, I even rode I even rode the day I got four wisdom teeth taken out. Um so I didn't try to miss too many practices, but I knew if I really needed to, I could ask a coach and tell him that that was okay. And that that was okay. You know.
0: Well, one thing I wanted to mention, um I visited a chiropractor out here in Seattle who was on the national team and his wife is a gold medal rower and they're a great company out here in Seattle. And I asked him, I said, why do you think um, rowers, uh, can be so injured as masters. And he said, uh, he felt like it was because the culture of rowing is don't stop, suffer through the discomfort. Suffering is a big part of it. So, you know, one thing I wanted to counter what you said, or just add to what you said is as an older rower who used to row in college and the back in the day, we call them the glory days rowers, right? They have to understand their hundred percent now is not what it was then. Their, ERG, right. their erg scores now are not going to be. So it's helpful to look at, you know, Concept Two's world rankings and look at your age group and say, okay, not twenty two. Okay, now I'm going to look at the 65s and see. And, and, and then the-
1: you're shocked. And then you're shocked at what those people are doing. Yeah. Um, 65. And then you decide whether or not you're going to try to be in the top 20% or 10% and don't try to be the top guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So my uh, parting thought is, you know, be thoughtful coaches, uh, put together workouts that work for your groups, uh, be a great boathouse that's welcoming. What about you, Mark? Any last thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think all of that is good. And I think just uh, being aware of what you're doing and what you're trying to do, you're trying to be to do exercise but you're not trying to kill yourself so right. you know be be you know understand what you're trying to do and get outside every day if you can um or if it's every other day that's great and just work on the things too outside of the boat i talk a lot about that you know flexibility hydration nutrition um some strength training all of those things you're doing outside of the boat to so that your rowing can be that much more effective and then and that much more fun. So if you're rowing fun, you're gonna row better and, and that's just that's just really nice. So
0: great. So hey. I wanted to uh, uh, put a little plug here. A few years ago, I started this uh, kind of random project called the Lifelong Rowing Project. And at the time I got over a hundred responses from around the world and Where this goes and what this becomes, I'm hoping it becomes uh, some sort of book or website that everybody can see themselves in. And there's a survey that you can do and you can submit a photo of yourself. Um, I've gotten some great responses uh, because I do ask you the question of describe the perfect stroke. And there's so many different schools of thought on that. So if you're interested in being part of the Lifelong Rowing Project, um, go to this website, seizetheor.com slash lifelongrowing. It's a simple survey. Uh, we'd love to learn more about you and uh, it's meant for rowers 50 and older. So uh, go ahead and take that. And uh, next week we are gonna talk about head racing. Yay, I'm a head racer. I love head racing. What about you, Mark?
1: I love head racing.
0: Yeah, What's your, we're gonna talk about our favorite races. Uh, maybe talk about some training plan ideas. Uh, for individual rowers, uh, some hot races you should get on, uh, that maybe have some deadlines coming up. Uh, what else, Mark, anything?
1: Yeah. Summer pre you know, some, how you, how you start training for your head racing now, you know, in mm-hmm. the summer.
0: So yeah. Important.
1: yeah, I do have one, we got a gadget.
0: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: I want to go over my gadget. This is submitted to us by a friend of mine, actually Perry Sperber over at the Halifax Rowing Club in Daytona Beach, Florida. And you put me on the screen there, I'll show you how this thing works. This thing is great. This is a uh, a spread mechanism that actually utilizes the tracks. So, instead of measuring gunnel to gunnel, you're actually measuring from the true center line of each seat based upon the tracks. So, this unit sits on the tracks like so, and then you it self it self um expands to the proper axle length and then the two little, and then you use this top piece is obviously engineered to be at the center and you hook your tape measure onto that out to your oarlock, So that allows you to truly get accurate spread in either a sculling boat or a sweep boat. And there's his website. Let me see if I can get it in my camera. It might be upside down. Let me turn it over. Redero.com. Red e E-Row, dot com. The other really handy thing with this is that these two slots are for the wheel adjustments. So again, the me- mechanism sits inside the center of the track, This any track, it sits right in there. And then you can check your wheels at each seat to see if they're actually in the center of the track. Wow. These wheels need to be in the center So that they roll well if you look at any most seats of your eights or fours or singles or quads or whatever you will see that some of the wheels are wearing unevenly and that is causing extra friction and noise and wear in your boats so this is a great little tool and you can contact uh perry and he has these ready to go at this point but this is a really and it comes apart for transport so this part can actually come apart with a simple screw. You can slide it down and you take it with you when you when you travel around. So great. it's a great little tool for boathouse. This is more of a boathouse, you know, a boathouse tool rather than an individual tool, but it's a great piece of equipment. And awesome. he's got some other he's got some other great products too, and I might talk about another one next time.
0: So thanks so much, Mark. And thanks to Perry for providing that. If you have a a hack or a trick or a gift idea or website or tip, um, we would love to hear about it. Uh, So go ahead and send it in using our gadgets and gear form. And we hope you tune in next week. We want to thank our guest, our our correspondent, Mark Wilson, from All-American Rowing Camp. We want to thank Charlotte Pierce from Pierce press Uh, collaboration is the new competition. I love that. That's awesome. And we had Mark on the next screen with his rowing camps. Those look really, really fun. And I'm Tara Morgan with uh, Seize the Ore Foundation and also repping uh, Vashon Island Rowing Club and also run a Facebook page called Learn to Row. And next week, again, head racing previews, head racing training. So thanks to our sponsors for making this podcast possible my gosh, that's a lot of S's Uh, find discounts and links at dot chat slash sponsors. Have a great week. Thanks everybody. Thanks Mark. Thanks. Yeah.